Hello everybody and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Adrian, And I'm Stormy. And this week we are going to be discussing probably one of my favorite films of maybe all time. We're going to be going over the 1996 cult classic The Craft. So I mean, are we excited about this Stormy or what? I'm very excited. I've wanted to talk about this from the probably the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, this was going to be originally um, another peek behind the scenes. This is going to be the movie that we were going to discuss this week, like regardless, I feel like. But then we decided to be very interactive (laughs) with the listeners and let people vote for what they wanted to listen to. And this movie won. I mean, it was a very close race. It was between The Craft, Beetlejuice and Halloween, the 2007 film, Rob Zombies. And Beetlejuice was like winning for a bit. And I was very not shocked, I guess, but kind of a little bit. I'll I was expecting really, truly Halloween to take the cake, and it came in third, which is surprising. I'm low-key kind of salty, but it's okay. We're here. (laughs) I just thought people were going to want us to talk about it, just because I feel like it's a very divisive film. But also, I feel like Rob Zombie films are very... You have to like them to like them, and I don't know if a lot of people are going to like want to like listen to that. But it did really well. It's not like it did bad. But, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised, but I mean, the craft is the craft. I mean, it's a cult classic. It's something that people are obsessed with for a reason. And in rewatching it and looking into it for this episode, I mean, it just kind of, I don't know. I don't know what's a good way to describe it. I guess it kind of confirmed the feelings that I have for it, if anything. Right. Uh, Nancy, I can't, I can never say her name, unfortunately. Um, Feruza Balk, Uh is that how you say it? Yeah. She's everything I ever wanted to be. And I feel like I say this about a lot of the, like, main female characters, but especially, like, the emo goth ones. It's everything I aspired to be, man. It's a whole vibe. It really is. But The Craft is a 1996 classic that centers new student Sarah as she enters a Catholic prep high school. She soon joins a trio of witches, and things suddenly take a sinister turn. Anger, jealousy, and the hierarchy of high school all lead to an intense confrontation between Sarah and the very powerful Nancy. Now, The Craft was directed by Andrew Fleming, and it stars Robin Tooney as Sarah Feruza Balk another name drop as Nancy, our queen, Nev Campbell as Bonnie, and Rachel True as Rochelle. I mean, this film is just, I don't know. It, I always get, it's one of my comfort movies, if we're being honest. It's been something that I, I, when I was younger, I used to watch it all the time. And then as per usual, just with college and just my life after college, I mean, my comfort movies kind of just stick to, they, they, it was just scream at that point. So a lot of my other comfort movies kind of fell off just a little bit. And so I had rewatched this one last year, loved it. And now rewatching it again, it's, I bought it. So I'm probably going to be watching it pretty frequently from this point forward. Um, I probably haven't watched it in a couple of years, but like you said, when I was younger, like that was my shit, man. It's witches. I've always been obsessed with witches. Charmed was my favorite show growing up. I mean, oh, yeah. come on. Yeah, Halloween Town. Loved that. I wanted to be a witch just because of Halloween Town. <laughs> we love so. Marnie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do we? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, I do like Marnie, to be honest. It's I her brother, like though, so it's so annoying. Like Cal- Is his name Calabar? Calabar, yeah. Calabar's revenge. Yeah, I feel like that's more your vibe. Very me, very me. <laughs> the villain. Yes. She, the actress that plays Marnie is on TikTok now and she's constantly on my For You page. So TikTok knows. Is she? I did not know she was on TikTok. 
Yeah, and she's married to Calabar's son. What? <laughs> yeah. No, ma'am. Yes. Go look it oh, up. Oh, my God. Okay, well, if you send me a TikTok of her, please do, because I need to like I need to see this now, because this is like my childhood fantasies like coming to fruition. Like, my fan fiction brain is like fucking swimming. <laughs> You're like, wow. I wrote this on Wattpad. <laughs> Not the Wattpad. <laughs> but yeah, that is... I'm flabbergasted. I didn't know I was going to have that bomb dropped on me today, but I'm happy about it. You're welcome. Well, damn. But I mean, okay, the craft, we're going to literally get into it because it's phenomenal. But let's go ahead and go over this week in horror because I don't know. It was a very intense week in horror news. So out of the blue, and I don't know if anybody else was keeping up with this news. I surely wasn't, but it's happening. Leatherface is returning. So Freddie Alvarez, who, of course, helms evil dead the remake which is amazing uh don't breathe which is actually a really fantastic film he is producing the latest installment in the texas chainsaw massacre franchise in the series it's set for release in 2021 which is next year like what i like like what i had no idea this was happening and it's said if you go to the website that they set up for it that it's going to be a continuation of the 1974 classic so what do we think about this i'm excited now, I'm not exactly a Leatherface, like, fangirl. That's not my shit. But that doesn't make me any less excited to... Especially since it's going to be a continuation. Right. I'm very interested in that. Because they... I mean, because if we're looking at, like, the entire Texas Chainsaw series, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Because it kind of goes in so many different directions. I mean, there's the original fantastic film. And then the uh, films that follow that back you know, the original sequels, they kind of get very, um, convoluted. (laughs) Not awkward. They're not bad movies by any stretch of the imagination, but they're not what the original was. They kind of go in a different direction, a little bit more comedic. Um, Even like this, like even like the color and like the filming and the directing and just even the acting, it all kind of just goes up from 10 to 11, I guess, if anything. Um, and then of course they came around in 2003 with the remake, which, I mean, come on. It's one of my favorite remakes. I've probably said it a million times. It's one of my favorite horror movies, period, um, which was fantastic. And then they did a prequel to that, which was The Beginning, which isn't bad. Um, and then they did another one, which I think came out in 2013, I believe, which was supposed to be like another continuation of the original from the, 70, or from the 70s. And it it isn't the best, but the series is just all over the place. It really is. It's one of those series that just kind of nothing's even with like friday the 13th and halloween and friday the 13th did i say that oh i meant to say nightmare on elm street (laughs) but even like those main three you know fucking series they at least kind of have some continuity even if they are still kind of like having different timelines and different canons and they're still i mean they all kind of make sense and the texas chainsaw series is kind of really all over the place so i really hope this one like just sets shit straight and makes people realize that Leatherface is a daddy and he's ready to fucking murder. <laughs> we love leather daddies. We do. I mean, the website even says, like, you know, the face of madness returns. Because, I mean, that movie really did, like, fucking shake shit up back in the 70s. It really did. That film along with, you know, I mean, Wes Craven and a lot of his films as well. The, um, the Last House on the Left. The original The Hills Have Eyes. Like, there was some crazy shit happening in the 70s in terms of horror. So I'm really excited to... I just hope that it's good. I mean, I mean, we always talk about how, like, nothing's ever really bad. But I just hope I can fully, like, enjoy this film. Right. I have high hopes. Um, 
just after a year of shit, like if 2021 is filled with bomb ass films, like not that it'll make it worth it, but I don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) No, but like, it's true. It's been such a ridiculous year. And a lot of the movies that were going to be coming out this year, we didn't get. And there's so many good movies. This I remember coming into 2020 and I was like, you know what, 2020 is the year of fucking horror, man. There's so many good movies that are slated for this year and we didn't get any of them. So now next year, which, you know, fingers crossed things go well. I mean, we have Candyman. We have uh, Halloween Kills. We have this movie now out of fucking nowhere. We have a Leatherface movie coming out. I mean, shit's fucking... It's fucking stellar. I'm like so excited. A Quiet Place 2 comes out next year as well. So I think things are just fucking hitting. I'm sad Scream 5 has been pushed back to 2022, but whatever. It's early 2022, so that doesn't bother me too much. But my God, like, just so much is happening. My mind can't take it. I know. Either way, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. Hopefully going to see it in a fucking theater. So bring it on. Right. Let's do it. Right. I mean, with Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw, I mean, what is your favorite or at least what's like the one that you remember most clearly oh the remake in 2003 for sure yeah i mean i don't i don't understand why there's any flack with that movie i really don't and it's just good jessica Biel's iconic like i love her she's a great final girl and those chase scenes in that movie i mean she has a very long chase scene she's an amazing final girl because of that movie um because i mean she fucking goes through shit man i mean there's that one scene where she like goes to like the little mobile trailer or whatever and those two ladies are in there and one of them had kidnapped the goddamn baby of the family that was there before (laughs) and like they drug her and that movie really made me feel a whole bunch of feels the scene in the van in that remake with her and piper i think or it's a pepper not sure i don't remember her name but when they're in that van together in the fucking chainsaw he's just fucking running it all over the van one of my favorite scenes like i just i love that movie and we got to talk about that movie sometime soon because i can go on for hours um but yeah and the website i don't know did you go to the website no i haven't checked it out yet unfortunately i mean nothing's on it at all but it's really cool (laughs) (laughs) because i mean it has like you know like the fucking picture sound that they have like at the beginning of those movies like I don't even want to do it. The or whatever it is. It's just that. It's that over and over and over again. And I remember I wa- I went to the website um the other day at like when they were when they dropped the link and I went on it like at midnight and I was terrified because that sound always fucking freaks me out. So it's a cool yeah. website, check it out. And I mean Leatherface Daddy is coming back. I'm so excited. Fucking twenty twenty one, man. Bring it on. Now, in other news, the ladies of Hocus Pocus are reuniting, which, I mean, a gag, because who fucking knew? So, apparently, Hocus Pocus was re-released this year into theaters, or drive-in theaters, I believe is, of course, the majority of them. But it ended up becoming, like, the highest-grossing re-release of the year. It beat out The Empire Strikes... um, The Empire Strikes... I can't even fucking speak. The Empire Strikes Back, which is a Star Wars film, of course, which... I mean, we're not in like, we're not, we don't like, I don't know. We're not a podcast that talks about film beyond horror, but The Empire Strikes Back is like one of the biggest Star Wars films. It's one of the most um, helmed as like the best. I don't, you know, Star Wars people. And I love Star Wars. So, but, you know, those fans can get really, really crazy. 
I mean, the fact that it beat that out is rad. And so the girls are coming back, all of them, all of the fucking actresses, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy and Jimmy. I mean, they're all coming back to play their roles. And it's for the New York Restoration Project. And you can buy tickets. It's a one-time thing. It's happening on October 30th. Tickets are only $10. You can reserve your spot. And it is. It's not going to be rebroadcast. I don't think they have any plans to like post it to YouTube or anything after the fact. $10. I have no idea really what the show is going to be about but I'm all about it. I love that it beat out Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) I feel like a lot of the kids that grew up with Hocus Pocus now have kids of their own, and so they're excited to show them and, like, introduce them to the whole lore of it. Um, I love Hocus Pocus. I probably will not be purchasing tickets. I don't know if it's an online thing or what the hell they're doing, but, I mean, good for them. Like, Reunions are always fucking special. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I think it is a virtual showing. And I don't know. I still don't know. And I didn't look into it too deeply. But I don't know if there's too much information about, like, what they're doing for this special. Um, mm-hmm. The cool thing is it's going to be hosted by Elvira, which is, I mean, come on, the Mistress of the Dark. But I have right. no idea what's happening. So I might. The only thing that's tough is it happens when I'm working. Uh, cause it starts at 5 PM East or no, excuse me, 5 PM my time Pacific standard time. And I'm still working at that time. So that's the only thing that's holding me back from getting a ticket. Cause I would in any other scope of the imagination, maybe I'll call out, maybe who knows, <laughs> but a responsible queen. I mean, I got shit to do, you know, <laughs> but that's the only thing that kept me from like buying a ticket immediately. Cause 10 bucks to see this. I mean, come the fuck on, but we'll see i'll maybe we'll see we'll we'll look into seeing what my choices are as we near the day but i'm all about it i'm really excited i love hocus pocus i rewatched it actually the other day did you yeah it still holds up it's fantastic love it one of my favorite disney movies of like all time they all it's just amazing the crazy thing is is growing up um sarah jessica parker's character was always my favorite Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. She just was for some reason. But now, obviously, Bette Midler is, like, my favorite in, like, that movie. She does amazing, so. Miss Nahini was always my favorite. Just because she was, like, a thicker queen, and I was just like, ooh, that's me. I can I can be that one. My favorite is whenever she takes off on the vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> She's fucking hilarious. I love it. Also, I had a crush on Thacker Binks, which I'm sure everybody else did, but Wait, which one's that one? The guy who's a cat. Oh, okay. Same. <laughs> I also had a very huge crush on him. Um I think it's like Thackeray Binks. Yeah. I think so. But I remember that was the first thing I thought of when I was rewatching it. Um, because I saw him and I was like, oh. I was I forgot I used to have the biggest crush on him as a kid. And that cat is just funny to me. I don't know why. Right. I just love that cat. Maybe it's his sassy attitude. If I were to ever have a cat, it would have to be like Binks. Mm. That's rewatching. I've been debating in my mind for the longest time if I should get a cat or not. The only thing that's holding me back is I just feel like I'm, I don't know. I feel like I'm not responsible. I feel like I can barely take care of myself. So having a pet just like really, really frightens me. But I feel like a cat might be the best option because first, I just feel like we'd fucking vibe. And second, they do a lot of self-care, kind of, really. Um, And, of course, they'll come and bother me if I need to do something for them. But I just feel like my mind is, like, so 
in the clouds at this point in my life that it just makes me nervous. But while you're rewatching that movie, I was I was ready to go out and fucking adopt a cat like immediately. <laughs> Cats are so self sufficient that I think they would be fine. They are. That's one. the only reason why I want one. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see where things line up. But my God, I just, I love the movie. And it always, one of the things, I mean, one of the movies that I do watch yearly, along with Trick or Treat, along with the original Halloween, along with Scream, along with, I mean, there's a lot of them. But it's one of the movies I watch every October because, I mean, you can't come into spooky season and not watch Hocus Pocus. Right. A lot of people say it's overrated. I've been seeing that a lot on Twitter. I don't know how I got on the hate side of Hocus Pocus, but I'm not about it. Yeah, block those people. <laughs> Blocked. I don't need that negativity in my life. But um, yeah, it's just like that in Halloween Town is just like Halloween as a child in my brain. Like Disney Channel. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I've been on Disney Plus a lot this month because of the Halloween episodes of everything. Like that's... And having... I, the crazy thing is I thought I was going to use my Disney Plus subscription a lot more. Um, I'm not at all but as soon as we came into october i was like my mind immediately went to all those fucking episodes that's so raven the sweet life is acting cody lizzie mcguire hocus pocus halloween town i was like fuck yeah man so that's what i've been doing a lot recently is what being on disney plus because i just i haven't used it up until now i think we only used it to watch i think i've watched it to, i've used it to watch coco i've used it to watch coco's a fucking piece of work though girl honestly probably one of the i mean i will cry immediately i can cry on cue when it comes to that movie same it's just one of the best films ever made like a like period i love that film i, I can't even i can't even speak i cry <laughs> but besides that maybe i watched some of the avenger movies here and there on there because you know um so i'm a huge fan of film altogether and obviously just like anybody else who enjoys a good time i love the marvel movies but Beyond that, I don't think I've used it for anything, strangely um, enough. I don't pay for my own. I actually made my own little side account on my ex-husband's account. <laughs> Work. Love that And he for was you. like, why did you get your password? And I was like, um, don't make your passwords all the same. Also, <laughs> it's for our child. But I feel like I probably watch it more than Alita does. I've watched the Halloween episode of Boy Meets World probably six times already. I still just have not watched it. Boys... Or Boy Meets World was just never my thing growing up. I don't know why. Yeah, I think Boy Meets World is to me like what That's So Raven is to you. Yeah. I'm also very gay. And I just feel like anything <laughs> with like a female lead or like a, you know, a teenage girl character was always like what I was super into. Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire, Kim Possible. I mean, it goes on. Sweet Life and Zack and Cody was probably the only show that I watched that I guess technically like the main characters are Zack and Cody. But that's because Ashley Tisdale and Brenda Song were like on every episode, like taking up so much screen time. And I just I always resonated with the quote unquote female characters in anything. And Boy Meets World, I just didn't really vibe with Topanga. And she was like the i mean and it's crazy because just in watching it or like watching clips now i feel like i'm very her but i just never vied with her and she was like really like i guess like the main focus female wise in that show and i was just like whatever i didn't want to watch a whole bunch of little like boys hang like out. angela but she's probably she's in the college episodes oh angela i also feel like she's just very underdeveloped i unfortunately feel like she was just like a token black character which i always yeah, hate in tv shows yeah which i hate i hate i hate i hate underdeveloped characters that are like, of color they tried um 
But Disney just wasn't it at that point in time. The crazy thing is that she actually has recently come out with saying how a lot of the people on the set, maybe this is why I also don't want to go back and watch it. Um, besides just not ever really being interested. But she's also come out recently. I know I have to. You made me think about it, so I have to say it. So she's come out recently within like the last um I think within the last year or so, just talking about how like a lot of those actors were just very nasty to her and would be very rude towards her. Um and just would be terrible. Yeah. And of course would just make, you know, the most I mean, I have to go back and look look into it because I listen to a bunch of podcasts. And one of the podcasts I listen to is The Read, which is amazing. But they had mentioned the story on there beforehand to just talk about a lot of the stuff that she, I mean, unfortunately, racist tendencies that were happening on the set of that show. So I think she said, I think out of all of them, Sean, the actor who plays Sean, has mm-hmm. been one of the only ones that have, has reached out to her within recent years who has actually apologized for the behavior. Um, the other ones haven't said anything. But I think the actress who plays Topanga, I forget her name, I hear that she's just, like, not the best person anyways. But, I mean, I don't know. I have that's just heard that. Through the grapevine. Yeah, that's just stuff that I've heard or stuff that I've, you know, come across. But, like I said, I just hate TV shows that do that whole you know the token character and even uh, i just hate that altogether when there's like you know that gay character or that person of color and they just like hand them up or they just make them very stereotypical make them the joke yeah yeah, i don't like that i hate it i mean but unfortunately with a lot of movies and tv shows from like that time frame like the night well yeah like it's like the 90s early 2000s even 80s you know sometimes that's just something that we that's what you got and you had to kind of be happy with it unfortunately which is why and even with the craft and i'll get into that with our discussion but that's why queer coding uh for the gays is a big thing in film just because you know film directors and producers and whatnot would always put instances of queerness in film to kind of give a little bit of representation without really giving it a lot of the times it's unfortunately like you said like as a joke thing but we'll kind of get into that a little bit later i don't know why we fucking got into like (laughs) <laughs> craziness but you know hocus pocus <laughs> full circle <Iconic>. yay <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing in terms of this week in horror uh unsoft mysteries is fucking having a podcast like what how has this not been done before honestly but like that's my shit that outside of our own podcast the only podcasts that i listen to are true crime okay work um the closest that i get to like spooky is um and that's why we drink Love and that so podcast. they have um m is a non-binary that covers uh like paranormal and christine care covers the true crime like that's the closest that i get but i love that yeah like this is right up my alley i'm adding it as soon as possible i haven't gotten around to watch the the new uh, episodes that they just the released but. me either i haven't got to them yet i need to but i'm also so bad with netflix altogether because with the original episode drops of unsolved mysteries which i freaked mm-hmm. out i only watched a couple of them but i the crazy thing was with me is if i'm not watching a series with austin where he can kind of keep me on track of doing something episodically i kind of fall off like very easily so i'm the type of person where if i'm going to watch a show it has to be a binge i have to binge because to me i just want to get it all knocked out i also feel like a lot of times especially nowadays with like series and unsolved mysteries really doesn't fit that bill but like with shows in general i feel like you have to kind of watch them 
because there's a narrative to them, you know, and we kind of talked about it last week, just like with um, having like structure to everything. I just like to be able to like watch a show full through, especially with Netflix, because a lot of their shows only like eight episodes a season. So I like to just like watch them all together so I can just kind of get it knocked out. I kind of have the whole story. I don't because I also have a very forgetful mind from time to time. I always have to go back and like watch the last five minutes of everything to make sure I understand. Unless I'm watching something like The Last Airbender where it fucking tells you what happened in the last episode. But that's just how mind mind works. So it's just been tough because I haven't finished the first episode drop of Unsolved Mysteries either. So I need to get on that this month. Yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia that I need to go through this month. So it'll probably wait. But either way, super fucking excited Glad we're going to have yet another competitor. <laughs> no competition. They're going to smoke us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody even thinks about us as soon as that drops. That is like, it's great. It really is crazy that they haven't like done this already. But also, I mean, I guess it took a little bit for the show to um, even come back around. But it's weird because true crime is huge. I mean, if you fucking look at, um, I don't know what channel it is on DirecTV, but my mother was always watching it where they had Snapped and ID. all those shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe ID. <laughs> True crime is huge. And like I said, it's not something that I compl- like. I immediately gravitate towards. Everything interests me. I'm always all, I'm, I love hearing about all of it, but it's just so fucking big. And Unsolved Mysteries was, I feel like a big catalyst for that because that's pretty much what it was. With also adding in like an occasional paranormal story here and there, which is mighty. But it's crazy that they haven't done this already because podcasts, first off, are big these days. And true crime podcasts are very big these days. One of the biggest podcasts of, you know, of all time is My Favorite Murder. So it's just like, welcome to the fucking party and I'm ready to subscribe. Me too. Speaking of an unsolved mystery, have you watched, I think it's American Murder Next Door? The no, Chris Watts that? case? No, Shannon was talking about it and I oh haven't. Oh my god insane i'm already pissed off yeah me and ash watched it he's a piece of shit him and his girlfriend probably murdered his wife and children it's ridiculous damn that's crazy when shannon was telling me about like the story behind it it reminded me of a story that i had heard once where and i don't know the details and obviously i'm just bringing this up off of memory uh where there's this man who uh, him and his family lived like in a very rich house like a very big house and Mm -hmm. he like came home one day and like he had a whole thought out plan like he murdered all of them and put their bodies in like one of the fucking big rooms in their home and then like i think he left all the lights on and left and then people with just the lights being on just assumed they were there but after i think oh my god and again this is off memory i don't remember it's probably like a month or so i think where the neighbors finally realized like hey those lights are not turning off and they went in and like discovered like the kids and the wife and everything and it just I hate it. I hate shit like that. I was that's the only reason I don't like immediately like eat true crime up is because at the end of it I'm always so pissed off. <laughs> I love that shit. Um, there's that TikTok I saw, I mean I think everybody saw it, of that girl who was like gonna do that stupid challenge where you throw up your shoe and like you turn it into like a different or you're like all you know, you have your fucking club outfit on or whatever. <laughs> but where she does yes. that and then it's her on her bed with her fucking face max watching a fucking true crime documentary and I was like, That is stormy if I've ever seen. I haven't seen it. What? I'll have to find it and send it to you. I was like, but that's you. It's so fucking funny because she does that stupid shoe thing and then it cuts to her on her bed, face mask. She has a bottle of wine, popcorn, and it's like the narrator is like, and their bodies were found and da 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 da. I was like, that is <laughs> fucking stormy. That's I should have sent so it to you. Me, man. There's this one um, 
meme that my mom shares on Facebook. Yeah, it's showing my age here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there's one where she's like, oh, good night, honey. Like telling people a bed ni- bedtime story or whatever. And then it shows the mom laying in bed and it was like, and then she stabbed her husband six times. <laughs> <laughs> and that's her like, that's her bedtime story. And I was like, that's fucking me, bro. God damn. I fucking love it. Uh, but yeah, obviously, check out the Unsolved Mysteries episodes that just dropped on Netflix. I'm sure they're killer. Apparently, there's one that's a, a Supernatural episode, which people Ooh. have already been talking about. So I'm really Hell interested. Yeah. But we'll look into that. But before we dive into the craft, just really quickly, I did watch Terrifier. Finally, I rented it the other day. I did do my whole reaction TikTok thing, which I thought was very funny to me personally. I laugh at myself all the time. But I did do like my immediate reactions to some of the things on there. But that movie, have you seen Terrifier? No, I need to. He's cute. He's very adorable, strangely enough. And it, girl, that movie, plot wise, storyline wise, not not a lot is happening. It really is just Art the Clown doing Art the Clown things and being <laughs> creepy, but very funny at this exact same time. It's strange. Very strange. I had a good time with it. I really did. I enjoy it. I'll probably... I don't know if it's one that I'll watch any other time of the year beyond October. It's one of those horror movies where I'll kind of keep it within the October spectrum of, you know, the movies I'm watching for the month. But my God, it was fun. And I laughed a lot. I laughed... From start to finish, I was laughing, and it's worth it. And I'm very excited now to watch the sequel because I just hope it's, like, that movie times 20. There's a kill in that fucking movie, dude. I want you to watch it because there's a fucking kill in that movie. And like I said in um my reaction, like, nobody deserves that kind of kill. It's ridiculous. I'm excited. That's probably one that I want to do, like, a live reaction on someday. We need to. Maybe we should do that for you since you haven't seen it yet because I kind of want to see what you think about a lot of it because it's... And in the most kind way possible, like not trying to be awful, it definitely looks like it was shot in like an iPhone. Um, <laughs> the color spectrum and just the tones that they go with just all feel very, 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 very B-movie, which obviously is not a bad thing. I'm all about that. But it that's just the whole vibe it has. That's the vibe it sticks to. I'm, I'm, I love it. I love it so much. The acting obviously is very crunchy munchy, but it's not, it doesn't deteriorate from the phenomenal performance that art has going on so love that um but yeah that's this week in horror that's what's been spooking you so we might as well jump into the main topic we're gonna go ahead and discuss the craft Hey everybody, so if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, well, we are back and we are again talking about the craft, which again is one of like my favorite movies of all time. It is amazing, but I mean, first and foremost, overall, do we enjoy the film? I think we know where I stand, Stormy. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Recommend to everybody. Like everybody needs to watch this movie. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your beliefs are. <laughs> you just have to watch this movie. It's amazing. I mean, Ski Ulrich and Nev Campbell are in it. Like, period. That's it. All right. Well, come on. I mean, come on. 
get with the picture. It's amazing. Everything about this is phenomenal. The acting is great. The directing is amazing. The score, the music is so 90s. I'm so about it. And even some of like the special effects still hold up. The only thing that feels a little bit funky and looks a little bit weird is when Nancy's walking on water. That's the only thing that kind of looks, you know, dated. But beyond that, everything else looks really good oh also the part where sarah is doing the glamour for them for the first time and she's like showing her hair change colors <laughs> yeah that also looks very crunchy that looks like the snapchat filter oh girl the crazy thing and i didn't know and i don't know if this is public knowledge but uh, apparently sarah the actress she had like no hair and she was wearing a wig this entire movie which i had never known until this very moment so that threw me for a loop so the entire time i was rewatching it this time around i was just staring at her hair the entire time and i was like you know what it's a good wig but that's a wig yeah i feel like you can tell you can tell girl and there are times where it sits very high on her head and <laughs> her forehead kind of you can just see like it changes sizes from time to time and like i said it's she a good said, wig. hairline who she said, girl, I can't do. It's not bad. It is a good wig. It is. But when you're looking at her with the other girls, like side by side, her hair does look, it's a wig. But not bad. I mean, I don't hate it. But when she did that stupid, not stupid, but when she did the glamour and she had her blonde wig on, that was what looked really rough. But they obviously, they just slapped that on her and said, go out there. We're doing this. It's a fucking two second shot. Do what you got to do. But beyond those two effects, the movie's really good, and I still feel like it really holds up in terms of, like, imagery and, like, special effects. Yeah, I agree. This opening scene, like, just the first couple of, I don't know, like, first 30 seconds uh-huh. are so 90s, and it's everything I've ever wanted. The music, the imagery, the scene just with, like, all of the spooky things just laid out on the table. like right all about it and then they cut to the title card in the clouds we are flying we are fucking soaring (laughs) thirty thousand feet in the air with yellow text i can't i literally like they said yellow's gonna pop baby and we're gonna use it because i can't fucking do but i like i'm obsessed with it i'm a lover of clouds but yeah so 90s it's so ridiculous but the uh the movie itself is just like so girl like i can i can literally talk about it forever we can't do that but i can literally talk about it forever so i mean initially one of the questions of course is does it hold up to today's standards just in terms of overall i guess just overall as a film altogether and if it feels like it's something that could come out today i mean and we're getting it obviously with the next film but is this something that you feel it is coming out (laughs) do you feel like this is something that would work in today's like climate um no as far Why? as no well, I just mean like as far as um special effects, is that the right word? Yeah. As far as that goes, like you said, they did good. It's well well done. Just I feel like some of the uh some of the script just might not fly in today's cancel culture and today's sensitivity and today's awareness, like the the cultural awareness that we're in now. Because I feel like a lot of the things that flew in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s just aren't it <laughs> in this time of our lives. I kind of agree. Not, you know, not. I mean, I feel like this movie, if it were to come out today, 
I do think it would be more developed altogether. Because obviously the mm. movie is about Sarah. It's about Nancy. And Bonnie and Rochelle are there just to be there. But I feel like in today's climate, and just with films even being... And the runtime of this movie is actually not like super short. It's almost two hours long. It's like a, an hour and 40 minutes, I believe. Probably mm. like an hour and a half, not accounting for credits. But I definitely feel like character development-wise, there would be... And there's a lot of development for the girls, which isn't, like, a bad thing. But obviously, like, it's Sarah and Nancy's story. Just to kind of, like, you know, the two opposite ends of, like, the witch spectrum, if anything. You know, the good witch, the bad witch, that kind of stuff. Even though, like, the shopkeeper kind of explains, you know, there's no good and bad. It's just the energy that you kind of bring to it. But, like, you even feel like, especially with Rochelle, and even kind of going back to, like, token black character... It's just very upsetting that she doesn't really have a lot going for her in this movie. I mean, she's there and she, I mean, they give her the storyline, of course, of having to deal with the racist, which is annoying because that, and I was like, so like, I was just happy with what happened to her. Um, She deserved that and more, I would say. But, you know, that's Rochelle's story and they don't even expand on it like too much. Like she just like, she's like, she's, she seems upset about it as she should be. And then, you know, she gets her revenge and then she like, there's really even no, there's no closure to her, which is upsetting. Bonnie has a little bit more. And it's probably cause Nev Campbell was a big thing in the nineties. Cause she was, um, Andrew Fleming saw her of course in party of five, which was a big thing at that time and brought her in. So she had a little bit more development as a character, but even then, like she was, you know, it wasn't super developed. Obviously Sarah, Nancy are like the main things, but for me personally, in terms of like holding up in today's spectrum, I definitely feel like all the girls would be very fleshed out. Um, a little bit more time devoted to each one would be really great because um, it makes it very hard. I mean, it. I guess it's not difficult to relate to Bonnie and Rochelle, but just in terms of like full-blown characters, I mean, they're a little bit less interesting, if you will, than the other two. Right. And even, I mean, I don't think Sarah's like super interesting. Like she's very straightforward as a character, but like... We spend so much time with her, like we kind of understand her thought process behind everything. And obviously Nancy is the most memorable person in the movie. She just is. You don't even exist to me. Iconic. And I'm so happy that that's coming around (laughs) on TikTok because her acting is just, she's amazing in this movie. She really is. Um, She sticks out a lot more in my brain as the female in Waterboy. (laughs) just because Adam Sandler is iconic in my brain and nobody will ever change how I feel about him. (laughs) I didn't know she was in Waterboy. Yeah. She's the love interest. Is she? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Does she have, I hate it, but does she have like um, a goth thing going on in that movie? Yeah. Like goth meets Louisiana. Oh, cute. Is her vibe. Yeah. Like, so he's trying to take um one of his tests or something and she's like outside the window and she's all she's holding up a sign she's like do you want me to kill them oh wow so he can get out. <laughs> i do yeah. not remember Waterboy at all oh my god one of my favorite movies but in <laughs> to bring it back around because i keep <laughs> just keep derailing us real hard is she's fucking iconic no matter what role that she's in she's iconic um She's a Wiccan in real life, which is really fucking cool that she got to just 
bring that to be the screen. developmental. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not only is it a character that she's playing, but she gets to tell the director, like, no, no, like, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, trying to keep things as realistic as possible. Because they also had right. another um, a consultant, a witch consultant on set as well, who is... Pat Devin. So that's nice. And obviously with uh, Feruza as well, they're able to kind of keep things very grounded. And that's kind of what we were saying when we saw the trailer for The Craft Legacy, where things just look already very, you know, CW, like the fucking uh, glitter effects and just, it already seems like it's going to be a little bit more over the top. Yeah, very, (laughs) I don't know. And I'm not going to discredit it yet because I haven't seen it. But it just with this movie you can tell that they were really 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 doing their best probably until like the last act where they're like flying around where they really kept this like as realistic as possible in terms of you know looking into actual witchcraft and you know being a wiccan and it kind of really it helps make the movie really really fun and relatable for a lot of people if anything right the guy that's friends with ski ulrich and he has longer hair oh the funny one Yes, As he's, he's supposed in to be. Clueless. <laughs> oh, okay, that's where I remember him from. This entire rewatch, and every time I watch this movie, which is so funny, I was like, who is he? He's so familiar, and I never bothered, because he doesn't interest me enough to like go to his IMDb page. But that's where he's from? Yeah, she's the one, that's the one where she's like, ugh, as if. Oh, my God. But, like, so it it's literally like they put copied and pasted that character into this movie. Oh. Like, he hasn't changed at all, and I love it. I love that was him. his thing, I guess, in the 90s. Everybody has their niche, man. Niche? <laughs> their niche? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I mean, out of all the characters, I mean, because we can have our favorite character, and but we can also kind of have, like, a character that we identify with. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, first and foremost, we'll kind of go off of identification. So, who do you think you identify with, or who kind of speaks to you more so? I personally feel like I would be... I feel like I'd be a combination of Nancy and Nev Campbell's character. Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Bonnie. I feel like I'd be a little bit of both of them. But Bonnie is my favorite character. Oh, okay. So before I kind of get into like my part of it all. So why is Bonnie your fave, Nev? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, Nev Campbell, period. <laughs> but just the way that she, I don't know. I mean, I know it's kind of just like a story of her being vain, but just the way that she blossoms from this little like scared and like uncomfortable being mm-hmm. into being like so full of herself and working it and knowing that she's hot shit. I think it's because like it's something that I've always wanted to do like personally. And like so I just fucking clue in on that and I'm living through her. Uh-huh. I kind of love that. And that's kind of thing with Bonnie, too. And that's why I was. I don't I, I don't feel like I identify with her most, but that's why I was kind of leaning towards her because her whole story arc is her body image issues. And like you said, then kind of overcoming that and becoming very conceited and narcissistic, which, like you said, I guess I think anybody who has any type of body image issues wish that they could kind of come out of that and just be like the baddest bitch. So that's why I was very close to like kind of identifying with her. But I think... In terms of identification, I feel like I'm a Sarah just because she's very, yeah, she's very, I feel like I'm more fun at least than she is, but she's also gone through a lot, you know, but she is very like, she doesn't care kind of. She's like very like, she'll call something stupid. She thinks it's stupid and she always has a dry tone, which is like one thing that I've always kind of struggled with. It's just my delivery and tone when I like interact with people, especially like on an interpersonal level, because in terms of 
like big group settings and stuff like that. I can be very fun, very full of life. Um, I can make people, you know, have a good time. I have that energy. But when I'm in a smaller group setting or if it's more interpersonal, I'm Sarah. Like I just like I can't especially because I'm feeling people's energy like so intensely because it's just like me and you kind of thing. I just I can't help but like just be cut and dry. So I especially in this rewatch, I was like, damn, I was like, she I identify with her a lot because she's just like, you guys are scaring me. You guys are weird. You're this. You're that. I don't like this. You need to be doing better for yourself. You need to be able to control this. You need to. I just I was like, fuck, I was like, I'm her. But I think. You could be telling somebody everything that you love about them and that you want the best for them, but you still feel attacked at the end of the day. And I love you for it. It's just how you come across. That's just who you are. Tough love. Yeah. I've always had that. Like I said, interpersonal, like one-on-one is, and it's, it's, I, I don't know what to do with myself sometimes because it really is like (laughs) big group settings. I am loud. I'm the life of the party. And, and people tell me all the time is like when we go out and we like do things in big groups, like I feel like a different person, but that's because in that setting and just the energy of it, it allows me to kind of be more exuberant in that way. But it mm-hmm. is, it's when I'm one-on-one with somebody or if I'm in a smaller group and the energy is just, unfortunately, that's just how I am. Very empathetic. Like I can feel the energy and I am, I'm Sarah cut and dry. Like I won't, it's tough love. And like, I won't, I won't, and I'm trying to work on it, but I won't like hesitate from saying what needs to be said. So mm-hmm. kind of like, and that's why I identify with her. And I like her in this movie because of it, especially in watching it this time around, because I was kind of looking at every character individually as much as I could. Because usually going into it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fucking watch this movie. I'm going to fucking just like love Nancy because she's my <laughs> she's one of my favorites. Obviously, I think she's my favorite character. But usually I go in and it's like the Nancy show because I'm just like I'm watching her she looks amazing her outfits are fucking stunning her acting is amazing and so I go into it always just like you know excited to watch Nancy but I went to it this time around kind of analyzing each character as much as I could which is why I was kind of disappointed with Bonnie and Rochelle at the end of it but with Sarah I was like yeah I'm her yeah I feel like you're Sarah with like a sprinkle of Rochelle because you're petty beach <laughs> dude it's true i'm so sad for rochelle that her storyline was literally and she she gets like i don't know at least bonnie got a little bit more i just hey i wish she would have had more because rachel true is gorgeous and she was 30 years old at the fucking filming of this and so she just looks amazing and i just wish not that that's why they should do more with her but she looks amazing and i just wish they would have done more with her but i mean they knew what they were doing coming into this movie i guess so yeah i mean so your favorite then is nancy yeah. I think she's everybody's favorite more times often Wait, than not. no. Bonnie's my favorite. Nancy's oh, Bonnie's who your favorite. I identify with. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, I got those mixed up then. Yeah, I feel like I'm more Nancy with like a sprinkle of Bonnie and you're more Sarah with a sprinkle of Rochelle. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I love that for us. Wow, we have our own circle just here between us too. <laughs> That's so... That's so us, though. That's so, like, Gemini and Pisces is to make it all about ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to go into that. So why do you feel like Nancy is like you? I can see it. But why why do you feel (laughs) that way? You can see it. (laughs) We'll see what your analyzation says. (laughs) Is there a BuzzFeed quiz for this? I feel like there probably is somewhere. I need to know. I need to know. Look at it. Who, wait, 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 out of all of them, not to cut you off, I'm so sorry. Who is the tower of, who's water? Is it Bonnie? When they're calling, like, the towers and, like, you know, chanting. Mm, You know, I don't know. I don't remember. 
Because I think that might be, in terms of zodiac signs, you know, I'd probably, if I was to take a test, I'd probably end up with whoever was chanting water. Yeah. I think it was Bonnie. Should I just Google it real fast? Real fast. Um, but yeah, so why do you feel like you embody Nancy? Um, just because, I think it's because I'm projecting and I want to be Nancy, so I like just see qualities that <laughs> I want to kin with. No, it's just the I feel her on a lot of the home life. Yeah. Like I feel that. I can connect with that. I can feel wanting. I feel like if I had access to these powers when I was around their age, I would do the exact same fucking thing. Like obviously I wouldn't like kill my grandpa or anything like that, but Right. <laughs> Like, not to those extents, but I feel like I would be interested in just getting a lot of money. And I feel like I would, just me as a person, I would come, I don't know, I don't want to say addicted to the power, but, like, Mm -hmm. that's really what it is. Because I just have, I don't have addiction problems. What is that, what is a better way to say that? Addictive personality? I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I have an addictive personality, and that's why I stay away from a lot of things, because I just don't want to give myself the chance. Hmm. Okay, okay, that makes sense. And why see, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I can see that, I guess, really, kind of like listening to you kind of explain all of that. I was just thinking in terms of just being like, and just having, and it's probably the Gemini energy, but just having that energy of like, I'm the baddest bitch, you know, in the room, but also having like the underside, it's like, you can tell you're thinking about stuff you can tell that she's you know not only concerned with how people view her but also at the same time not caring what they view her as but when it comes to like her group of friends she wants to be you know the baddest bitch but in group in terms of like the outside world she doesn't really care what others think about her too much but also at the Mm. same time you can tell she kind of does kind of (laughs) thing you know what i'm saying yeah i wonder what sign nancy (laughs) oh i love that She's probably a Gemini or a Scorpio. Oh, maybe. I do get full Gemini from her. She's also very, <laughs> especially in like the group aspect, because she is full-blown jealous of Sarah, like right from the get-go. Oh, yeah. um, but I also feel like just with her control aspect, maybe maybe some type of little Virgo energy. I just need her to know her whole chart. But there's definitely like, you know, some, um, you know, straight to the point businesswoman kind of to her. Like she doesn't care. But the crazy thing about the movie in general is it is, it's, I mean, it really is Sarah versus Nancy. And you can kind of tell that Nancy from the jump, and it's kind of crazy that the girls kind of just went along with it. But you can tell from the jump, like she's just uber jealous of Sarah. And for whatever reason, maybe it's because Sarah's, you know, the natural witch and she just has the natural ability of things and she helps complete the circle in a very powerful way. Like with her coming into the picture, it helps them all get shit done pretty much. Right. And you can kind of tell the entire time Nancy's just like not about it, especially when Sarah's um, helping Rochelle and Bonnie kind of do their thing and kind of help them, which is weird because when Bonnie was doing her spell to help get rid of her scars, it was Nancy that was there with her. But then the next day when they're talking about the scars, you know, Bonnie's like, oh, it was you, Sarah. And I was like, Sarah was on the bed, girl. What you talking about? It was like Nancy that was helping you. So I don't know if it's just like little things like that throughout the film that Nancy as a character is also noticing, like she's putting an effort and trying to help the group all together. And Rochelle and Bonnie always just kind of come back to Sarah being the one because she helped complete the circle, maybe putting a lot of faith into her. Also, probably because she is a natural witch and she has a lot of like, you know, powerful energy within her. But I can see from Nancy's perspective, 
which is why she's like my favorite. I can see from her perspective why she's kind of annoyed with Sarah, especially when she's kind of helped. I mean, I don't know. A prequel would be kind of cool because I don't really know like how their friendship came about. But I feel like she really does put a lot of into Bonnie and Rochelle, like a lot and really helps nurture and protect them because at the beginning too those two are very quiet and they're kind of quiet until they kind of get their you know their you know their vain story and their you know i beat my bully story or whatever but obviously nancy i think she really just felt like they would probably be more i don't know like supportive of her journey as a witch because it does it seems like they're like very enamored by sarah right away and so i can understand why nancy like is kind of pissed about it and this you know kind of upset about it and so she's amazing she's just fantastic i just she's my favorite character she really is a great character but yeah and even at the end too when she uh has her breakdown you already kind of quoted it like that's phenomenal and when her feet are like slightly levitating above the ground and she's coming towards uh chris ski Ulrich character badass bitch and when she walks into that party badass bitch i love her so much right the witchiest witch of all witches. <laughs> the witchiest witch. My favorite shot probably is whenever they're in Sarah's house, but the three are levitating. Mm. So pretty, so attractive. And that still <laughs> looks like, so wow, good. Hot bitches, I hate it. Yes. And that just still, that, that looks good. Right. They, everything still looks so fucking good. Have you ever done um, the light as a feather, uh, light as a feather, stiff as a board thing growing yeah. up? Did you? Mm-hmm. How did that yeah. go? Was there any levitating? I mean, it's not levitating. It's <laughs> you do it with a lot of fucking people and you can lift somebody, but. Oh, was that the science behind it? I have no idea. I never did it. I never did it. Yeah, pretty much. I think we used to do it like um, in, I think it's like a trust building exercise for um, like at church groups, like in youth camp mm-hmm. is where I remember doing it. So there's like. A ton of us. You have to trust people and that they're not going to drop you. I mean, I suppose. And they want the best for you. I mean, true. Like the trust fall thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> the movie's insane. And it also came out the same year that Scream came out, which is so fucking cool. Because this came out earlier in the year. It came out in May. And then Scream came out in December. Which is crazy that Nev Campbell and Ski Ulrich were like in both these movies. That was their year. If anything, Ski Ulrich plays a piece of shit in both films that's just his whole vibe i guess the entire fucking year but this also proves to me that i don't think ski ulrich is attractive i think his character in scream is attractive bitch i think it's his hair in scream that really sells it the long like Mm. slicked back hair probably like some james dean vibes that's it that's it and this the white t-shirt too because james dean was always in a white t-shirt but Maybe that's what it is. And his just demeanor is different, too, in Scream. Because in this movie, he just seems like a typical jock, an asshole jock. He just has a bitch-ass quality. And also, he wears baggy clothes in this movie. In Scream, he his clothing is much tighter. So, there's True. that. And I also think it just speaks for me as a person. Because as soon as he turns into the, like, oh, I want to be with you. I want to do everything for you. I was instantly like, ew. Annoyed. <laughs> Super annoyed. Gross. Yeah super annoying and that's why i also feel like i'm sarah because she and that's another thing though i really don't like about her character which is also why i kind of feel like i relate where she's like she literally gets because she's first she's into this guy and she's all about it and then he completely turns into the biggest piece of shit like nancy and the girls warned her and tells everybody that she slept with him and then like 
then when they have when they go out to the woods and they kind of start doing their first like gathering and spell together and the first thing that she wants is not only to love herself very me but also to allow people to love her more i was like oh very me but then she like says especially chris and i'm like why why he's awful but then shit very that but then i mean like like that dynamic too of like wanting that love and then when you have it and it's smothering not wanting it at all i can relate right. <laughs> i can relate it happens man yeah so your favorite scene then was that scene you mentioned it i don't know what my favorite scene in the movie is hmm. it's a to- it's for me it's really a toss-up between um them levitating and then nancy having her breakdown just because i can literally quote the whole thing <laughs> yeah Maybe that might be my favorite is that breakdown scene because it always, it always just hooks me, man. I'm trying to think of anything else that would be. I also really love the scene where Nev Campbell just walks in and takes off her sweater and her breasts are out. <laughs> and also when she's walking, when they're walking to Nancy's new home after she kills her stepdad by the power of her, <laughs> of her anger, and she sees that guy walking outside of the apartment complex and she goes, "Hey, nice ass." I fucking, I do love her as a main character. It's very funny. But yeah, I think Nancy's breakdown, if anything, is also my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, I think it's I'm drawn to it because I've never been able to have that. Like no matter how many fights that I've gotten into or the situations that I've been in, I've always just like kind of kept it inside because I wanted to keep that bridge instead of just burn it and say, fuck it, like I hate you and want to say every single thing that's on my mind. And so I admire that. And I'm just like yes go queen fuck it like it's (laughs) yeah i was obsessed oh one of my favorite lines in this movie comes from rochelle which i love i every day i wish there was more done with her but one of my favorite lines comes when she's talking about when nancy's pissed off that her spell isn't working and everybody else is getting what they want and where rochelle goes i think she's mad because you know her spell's not working i think she doesn't want to be white trash anymore and i tell her honey you're white (laughs) you gotta deal with it (laughs) i was like yes why is that the most you thing in this movie though yeah, very Rochelle. And Rochelle, I did look it up. So Rochelle is water. So she has the power of intuition, which is probably why I really, I just wish they would have done more with her. But yeah, very the most me thing I would ever, like, that's me in a heartbeat. So when she said that, I fucking started laughing. And I laugh every time. It's one of my favorite lines in the movie. Um, the crazy thing is, as I didn't know in researching this movie, apparently they were aiming for it to be PG-13, which is funny because people were so pissed off when the Craft Legacy was announcing that they were gonna, it was going to be PG-13. But they wanted this movie to be PG-13. That was their goal. That's exactly what it was probably going to be. And the only reason it was an R-rated film is because it was teenage girls practicing witchcraft. That's legitimately the only reason because, you know christianity rules all i guess but that was literally the only reason it was rated r i hate it here i truly do it's we're literally living in a corrupt society it's awful but in watching the movie it was it's very pg like nothing really like insane happens the only thing that made me kind of flinch was when the homeless man is chasing after him and he gets ran over and like they show his body getting crushed (laughs) under the car that was the only thing where i was like and there was no blood like there was really nothing gory about it it just looked very i was uncomfortable but beyond that like nothing really happens that's solidifies it having an r rating at all Hmm. who is the air sign 
Um, I think it's Nancy. I mean, I don't know. I just went on to Google really fast. I would have to go back and rewatch again to oh. make sure a clear indication. But I know Sarah. I know Rochelle's water. I know Sarah's earth. That's just because she's of the earth, you know, Mother Earth. That's just her whole thing. I would assume Nancy would be fire, but I think she is air. And I guess Bonnie would be fire. I have to go back and I have to watch it again. We're awful. We're awful at this thing because <laughs> I have to like know now. <laughs> Um, another crazy thing is apparently, because I love uh, I love Charmed, one of my favorite TV shows of all time, obsessed with her. And they also, the theme song of Charmed, obviously, is How Soon Is Now by Love Spits Love, which is also used in this movie. The crazy thing is apparently Andrew Fleming feels like that show is a direct ripoff of this because he was writing a fucking TV pilot and a TV show for Fox and WB was also very interested in it. He suggested that How Soon Is Now be the theme song. He kind of laid everything out. They didn't pick it up. They didn't involve him in it. And then a year later, Charmed came out. So the drama, the drama hmm. between the witch stories and movies and television and media, I guess. But And they do, they always feel kind of hand in hand and it's probably because of that song really kind of helps connect them together really and obviously witches but so he is not happy about that obviously that's not something and that was a recent interview that was just a couple years ago back in 2017 and the actress who plays sarah also mentions that she feels like it is a direct ripoff because she even gets people today asking if she was in charmed and not the craft so i mean to me they're both pieces of art and i'm obsessed with both of them but you know drama drama between the witch media I've never seen Charmed. It was banned in my house, so. Wow. Christianity rules all. Charmed is amazing. You should definitely, I think it holds up um, in going back and rewatching it. But the last time I checked on Netflix, I don't even know if it still is on Netflix, but the last time I checked is they changed the theme song because I guess they don't have the rights to How Soon Is Now at this point. But huh. that's why I didn't rewatch it on Netflix because maybe I'm not watching that show with that, that theme song. It just... It's, it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where every episode, the theme song is just a part of it. And you know, the theme song stays on. It has to. Never skip. Never skip an intro, Buffy. Love that theme song. But before we wrap everything up, I would be amiss if I just didn't talk about how this movie, and we'll make it quick, but I would be amiss if I just didn't talk about how this movie is just big for the gays and the girls, obviously, but it is such a big thing for the gays. And that's because... It's one of those movies that a lot of queer coding kind of happens in it. And I kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier. But with film altogether, queer coding itself, obviously, it's just like subtle hints to the audience of any type of queer anything. And it's things that nobody really catches unless you are queer. And in this movie, there's a lot of things that people, you know, in the LGBT plus community that can relate to. Obviously, just the fact that the girls are outcasts and just kind of being left out in, you know, the wilderness, I guess, is the best way of saying it. They're just like outcasts and they're different and they all find solidarity with the one within one another. Especially when Sarah first shows up to the school and she she kind of has like a curiosity of being a witch or, you know, in terms of queer coding, you know, looking into, you know, being queer, I guess. It's just one of those movies that a lot of people resonate within the LGBTQ plus community because of aspects of like that of just and that's why horror in general is a big thing because it's like the outcasts kind of coming together and gaining some type of notoriety and you know comfort with one another having a safe space um i watched a youtube video because i won't get into it too much because i feel like i'm a blubbering fool sometimes i did watch a youtube video that is let me look 
Um, it's by James Somerton on YouTube. It's called Deep Cuts, Society and Queer Horror. And one of the first things that he talks about is um, just the queerness of the craft and how it could be looked at through a queer lens, which I think is very big in general with just horror altogether. And it's just, it's relatability to those of, you know, the queer spectrum, I guess. So I would definitely recommend watching that video if you have the time. It is a lengthy video he goes into a whole bunch of different movies but the craft is the first one so if you at least want to look into that it really kind of helps you understand and he also has a video he's awesome actually on youtube he's fantastic but he also has a video just explaining the history of queer coding in film altogether i've been watching a lot of his videos lately if you couldn't tell but that was one of the main things that i did kind of want to touch on if you do want to look into that everybody but yeah all in all maybe we can tweet out a link to it uh whenever this um, episode drops yeah, we'll do that. Thanks, Stormy. Social media manager. Yeah. So, I mean, the craft is really it for the girls, the gays, and the theys, man. <laughs> We're obsessed with the craft. We love it. Go Five watch stars. it right now. Go watch it, goddammit. You voted for it, so you better watch it. <laughs> no shit. I was excited to talk about Winona Ryder and Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. We got... A redemption for Beetlejuice. I don't know when, but yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to talk about that movie too. And I still want to talk about the Halloween remake. I mean, we gave you movie oh, options that we want to talk about. So, but the craft, I'm glad the craft won. I really am yes, because, same. come on, baby. This movie could literally light up my entire world. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and a couple of other places, all linked in our link tree on Twitter. And stay tuned for next week. We love you so much, and stay spooky. Stay spooky, everybody. Bye. Bye.